Hello and welcome to Beards and Brews Movie Reviews. Uh, tonight you'll have uh, myself hosting, Eric. Uh, I, I am Brady. And this is Chandler. And tonight's movie is 1993's Tombstone. And tonight's <laughs> brew will be handed off to Mr. Chandler. What do we got? Uh, today we have Goodwood Brewing Company out of Louisville, Kentucky. We are uh, having their bourbon barrel stout. It's, it's there to get the bulge on you. <laughs> the good it's, it's like the perfect beer for a western A nice good old bourbon flavored beer I have yet to taste this So once we get into it I'll, uh, I'll definitely have a little, a little sippy sip So this was actually your uh, choice for movie Tombstone Brady So why Tombstone? Uh, I, I wanted to go with Tombstone Because it's one of those films to where It has enough serious elements That you can actually sit down and watch it But it also has enough over the top nonsense That you can laugh your ass off so, I thought it'd be a definite good introduction into Beards and Brews. I have to agree. I love this movie. I have to concur with your points. Um, actually, Chandler, yourself, you haven't seen this movie before. This is your first viewing. Uh, we actually watched this moments ago. Uh, how do you feel about this? This was, this was the first time that I'd ever seen it. Uh, it, was, uh, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um... <laughs> like for those listening in I just pulled up my six shooters and start just putting it at everybody it's just Sir, the kind of, those are finger pistols and they are illegal in town I mean it's the kind of movie that makes me want to do that while I'm watching it and I did yeah. it's a movie that gets me going it's a movie that has so much energy in it and I, I love to watch it every time uh, the casting of this movie is fantastic A-list, A-list actors Definitely. from Top to bottom, from starring roles to background roles. Good sir, we discussed that the ensemble cast, especially with uh, with names such as Michael Roker, who are willing to merely stand in the background holding a beer, doesn't say a damn word until three fourths of the way through the movie, and then there he is. Hey, I'm willing to help. Uh, yeah, uh, that's another thing that I was noticing. Bill Paxton, uh, who is one of the lead roles in this, really doesn't even have a whole lot of uh, speak meaningful speaking lines. A lot of the time, uh, his presence is just, you see his face and that's enough. He's smiling. That's enough. He, he smiles just, a lot. That's a good point. Most of him is it, just reaction shots. Right. Just to something something uh, somebody else had said. It's just him either smiling or being grimacing. Spoilers. Uh, Bill Paxton's biggest thing in this is bleeding. Like, he <laughs> bleeds several times. But he didn't just stand there and bleed. No, not he did not pull a uh, swollen Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> well, that's a strong contrast to uh, to Val Kilmer, whose main role in this to me was sweating. Yes, it's absolutely. Uh, tell this man not to sweat it, and he'll shoot you. <laughs> ouch! <laughs> I'm gonna give that one an ouch. I loved it though. Uh, Val Kilmer in this, I, I just the way that he does everything with his eyes in this. The entire film has these little shots where they like to take the lighting, and it's almost like that Morticia Adams from the Adams Family. They dull everything out except for right across the eyes, mm-hmm. and that's to make them pop. Speaking of the eyes, that's something else that really bothered me was, uh, I guess, high fidelity or not high fidelity, high definition televisions, that kind of thing. Just being able to see Kurt Russell's eyeliner bugged the fuck out of me. <laughs> I could not 
help but focus on his half-line lower lash. I, I wonder if that was just to knock the sun off of him, like feeling in the desert all the time. Kind of like how you have that little bit of schmutz that football players have on their cheeks. I really think it was to beautify him. <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer was meant to look sick. They left it off of him. And as uh, Chandler mentioned, he was blue baba diba da da Yeah, even before, uh, before I knew anything was really up, I, I made a note that Val Kilmer just looked blue. He was just blue cheese incarnate with his little veins and everything. And then, you know, there's, of course, Sam Elliott, and he is playing Virgil in that. The uh, the older brother who really kind of brings shit down upon the family, even though they, for whatever reason, pass the buck on to Wyatt. Damn it, Wyatt, why'd you do this? <laughs> He's just like, what? I told you not to, but hey, whatever. So him and his lack of a lower face, it is all mustache. My wife will hate me for this. I do not think Sam Elliott can act. I have never thought he can act. The man has a fucking presence, though. When you see Sam Elliott... He can sell you a Chevy. Yes. (laughs) He can fit so much Chevy in this movie. So, (laughs) we're praising these guys, and even gals, maybe. Um, So, what is Tombstone about? It is, um... It's a little bit of a dramatic retelling of a historical event that happened in New Mexico in the town of Tombstone, where these four guys, they drop into town, uh, moving there basically out of retirement. Uh, the town is just filled with a bunch of riffraff nonsense, and they kind of get roped back into being uh, just policemen of the town. The town is definitely running rampant with Michael Bynes. <laughs> <laughs> they rolled into town and found himself in a Michael Bind. I like it. So, you were saying, they come to this town with a crime rate higher than modern-day New York. They like to really kind of push that on you right in the the start. And this film opens with something which I thought was incredible, and it's the first time that I've ever saw in a film, and this was the first time I've ever actually noticed it enough to make note of it. It has the first mustache transition I have ever seen (laughs) in a film, to where it focuses on... Michael, Michael Bond's oh, yeah, mustache. So hard. It's so elegant because it goes from mustache to sunrise. Yes. As if it were like some kind of like mythological thing or there's so many different flavors of mustache in this movie. <laughs> uh, I was yes. loving it. The, it was like the Baskin Robbins of mustaches. I mean we have the, the bottom of the barrel, the worst, the non stash. The non-Hispanic Hispanic man with ah. his two little sharpie marks on either side of his lip. Where if you took both halves of the mustache and put them on one side, it would equal half a mustache. <laughs> wow. Uh, this movie, we're, the plot isn't really something that people need to follow much. Uh, yeah, like quick rundown would be guys roll into town, cause mischief, random dudes show up, ex-law enforcer... They rope him into coming back on board, and there is copious amounts of smoke. And I don't mean cigarettes. Every time a gun is shot, someone is shot, a horse walks by, someone breathes, there is just smoke. They're just all chimneys. Um, Yeah. I I do have to agree. The plot is a a historical event. Correct. Um, So... What makes this movie is the tone and the energy by the actors and actresses. Um, there's something extremely entertaining about this movie that gives it a certain rewatchability that a lot of, well, any movie can't quite carry all the way through. But there's something about this that I just love watching these four guys romp around town and just blowing people away in the name of the law. 
I'll tell you, this being my first uh, watch through, what really made it for me was Val Kilmer. Every single scene that Val Kilmer was in, he took over. And I've never been a Val Kilmer fan. Like, he's he's fine. He's You've never been, been a fan, Kilmer? Thank you. <laughs> but uh, he just had the power to take over every scene that he was in with his eyes, with his mouth, uh, just the, the facial... Um, things that he was doing uh, just did something kind of magical in every scene that he was in. The sweating. That, uh, lots of sweating. The magical too. sweating. It's the glistening of the sweat. He had a glow to him. Ah, Perfect. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, so we're talking about performances here. Val Kilmer, like you said, uh, he's incredible in this. Uh, Kurt Russell definitely comes out strong. One of the more underrated performances that you know probably should get a bit more attention, but definitely does not, would be uh, Curly Bill. I, I don't care for the man too awful much, especially in the movie. Whenever I, I feel like so much could have been avoided had Wyatt just shot the damn man. <laughs> Instead, he's like, "Oh, you may be the murderer, or you may have done this or that." Nah, go on, Curly Bill, or whatever the hell your name is, Michael Ironside, not guy. Was it the Clinton fellow? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember his name. I, you know, whenever we were reviewing this, I, uh, I was cracking more jokes about him than I was actually paying attention to his character. <laughs> Every time he's on screen, you start roasting him. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, it's the same with Billy Bob. Well, hell, he looked roasted himself. He looked like a glazed ham. <laughs> yeah, man. He was so tan and sweaty. <laughs> Damn you, what? <laughs> I guess the transitional moment would be whenever, uh, the gang's leader of the quote-unquote cowboys, the Red Sashes, had actually wandered out into the street high on opium while turning on his or turning in his guns accidentally shot the... Was he the sheriff or the marshal? What was he? Yeah, he was the town sheriff. Town sheriff, yeah. He he just gunned him down, not in cold blood, more than an accidental drunken, drug-induced like stupor. Warm blood, you know. Yes. <laughs> Hot-blooded, gunning, and see. Yeah, I mean, let's shoot somebody. Fuck it. And then Wyatt's like, yeah, well, since no one's going to do anything, I guess I'm going to have to. Then he comes out there and takes the guns away. And, you know, the whole situation seems like it's going fairly well. Nothing seems too out of hand. Nothing seems too violent. Nothing seems like it couldn't be just a, oops, this guy got shot. Maybe we'll even go to trial and it'll be okay. Now, this is where the... Uh, secondary characters really come in and start fucking things up. Now, for the gang leader, we have the one fella, the Curly Bill, or whatever the hell he's I can't even remember his name. Uh, he comes out, and he really starts putting the screws to Wyatt, threatening his life, pointing a gun at him, this, sure. that, and the other. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, is that his name? Oh, Sandman. Sandman, yes. He is also back there. He comes wandering out, starting trouble. And then you have Sam Elliott, and, of course, Val Kilmer, who just ramped the situation up. Now, had this been left down to Wyatt and the gang leader, I think things could have maybe just worked out and been okay. Oops, dead sheriff. <laughs> Life goes on. Obla-day, obla-da. But they really ramped that situation up. So, what makes this scene carry the weight is because the town has been ravaged by these guys forever, and now their only source of law is now gone. So now they all look to Wyatt Herb, who had been deputized forever ago, is long since retired, but now he's in town, and they're their only hope. Obi-Wan, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a Star Wars story. <laughs> but I'll he wasn't riding more, solo. Uh, 
I'm I'm getting too damn old for this shit. That kind of oh, idea. The Sam Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Isn't gotcha. that Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Damn it. <laughs> that almost sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> Even with all that stuff and the the continuation of the film, we get they get out of jail. He's released. Everything's actually still going pretty well. Like Wyatt kept shit on the level. Then they move on. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with what really set it off. Uh, no, well, it was well, the poker be, game, wasn't it? Well, I mean, the poker game was definitely a little bit like antagonist between the two parties. You yes. know, the Tombstone fellows and the Cowboys. Butte, um, I feel like you're right. The, the only reason why they got into this mess is because uh, Virgil, or Sam Elliott. Yes. Because uh, they came into town, they were threatening them just like, you know, just... I guess just talking shit at that point. Like, yeah, we're going to kill them. We're going to fucking just whip our pistols out and fucking whatever. So that was just all hearsay. Like, they, they passed them in town. They were yeah. at eye level. They saw each other. At any moment, this could have broken out into a gunfight, but it didn't. Yeah, it was just drunken babbling. And Virgil, or um, Smelliot, he tried. He just couldn't contain it. He felt like the town was way too much in danger, and they had to do something about it. So they decided to confront these guys behind the Oku Corral. Let's let's defuse this situation by walking up on a man, washing his face, <laughs> trying to sober up, letting off some steam, pissed that his boys may have gotten shot earlier in the film. How do we defuse this situation? Walk the fuck up, have a half-drunk Western Dracula point a shotgun at them at point-blank range and say, give me your guns. <laughs> give me your guns. Yeah, I feel like the escalation was definitely one of the things that was just leans more towards drama than history. They... As much as I love this movie, there's really no inclination. No. I mean, beforehand, we never see Sam Elliott really be up in arms about anything. Well, then the, suddenly... the kid, he's like, oh, this kid oh, almost yeah, got but... ran over in the street by some horses. Yeah, so the Cowboys rolled in, they almost ran over a kid, and I guess that was that was the catalyst of everybody being Not murdered. two people getting gunned the fuck down in the middle of the street. Not Billy Bob Thornton rolling up on him with a shotgun to be ignored. That's okay, they forgot he was there. Yeah. It was the kid. Too much. Then we've got the big showdown. At the OK Corral. It was an alright corral. It was fine. I think it was you who pointed out, and I've never noticed, in my head, I was like, this is just leaky water. It's a it's a shit cistern just leaking right the hell there in the middle of the corral. Oh, yeah, they're just having a shootout in the old cistern puddle, so. Yeah, and they even dragged one of the corpses through it. Like, it's no big deal. It's just filth. He's dead. Even if he's not dead, he is now going to go septic due to this bacteria, you know? Like, whatever. He's not dead now. He'll be dead soon. <clears throat> things things go from bad to worse whenever the, everyone starts shooting. And again, I'm just going to keep referring to him as Curly Bill. This character is like, I, I think it's Clinton. Clinton? Yeah, I think so. Well, the, guy, we'll, the guy with the dumb hat that was yeah. making me mad because it's flipped up this way so it blocks no light. Yes. So there's no purpose to wear that yes, hat. It's like wearing a backwards hat and having your sunglasses clipped to your chest and then putting your hand over your eyes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Every time I saw him in the movie, I just kept thinking of uh, Gabby Johnson from Blazing Saddles. Mm. That's that's by far my <laughs> biggest reference for Western movies is Blazing Saddles. Quickest shooter in the West. So they go in there. And all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. Uh, So-and-so gets shot. All these people are just getting gunned down. Doc Holliday shoots a fellow with a shotgun. Uh, I think first person to get shot, friendly-wise, is Sam Elliott. Takes it right in the leg and drops down. I thought that was um, 
Morgan, Bill, Bill Paxton. Nope, Bill Paxton takes it in the, the collar. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Clavicle. He takes one in the clavicle. So he gets hit there, and uh, Sam Elliott takes one in the leg. And then Doc Holliday decides to pull down his pistol for whatever reason, and he does that classic one hand on the gun, one hand on the hammer, and just pounds out six rounds fast as lightning. And guns down two fellas, which makes me, you know, wonder had Doc just shot them all if anyone would have even got wounded. <laughs> he wasn't going for accuracy. He Sometimes was just going you just for... gotta fan the hammer. You yeah. just gotta fan the hammer. Absolutely. I mean, if that's what we're calling female masturbation now, he just had to get that lead down range, show him who's boss. Fanning the hammer. I'm gonna take a note of that, Chandler. Thank you. Hammer fanning, fanning 101. The hammer. <laughs> You have to use it, like, unironically, just all the time. Yeah. What are you doing, huh? Uh, see you later, boys. I'm going to fan the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck not? Uh, so that escalates. They get killed. We pick it up with them being in their... It's not their saloon. It's just a saloon? But, but um, they kind of run it, I suppose? Afterwards, um, yeah. I think whenever they're famous. all celebrating, kind of cracking jokes, playing pool. No yeah, that's there. It used to be uh, owned by the Chinese fella. Okay. And so they they go in there, they celebrate. There's some drive-bys, some anticipation, <laughs> some. There's a funeral where these men get the most elaborate coffins for the mm. day and age. Very fancy. Very, Very fancy. Classy. They live in filth, but they die. Quite fantastically. Yeah, they had new suits, and these are these are for the characters who, when you saw them early in the film, are just wearing garbage, sodden rags. Yeah, it's something they've definitely worn at least a week at a time. That, yeah, and Ugh, they suddenly they have the brand new suits. They have the rosen cheeks for the uh, the morticians' pay or whatever. And they, they're getting toted in their little glass coffins. Yep, yeah, those viewing caskets. Uh, Chandler even noted that they had fireworks. Wow. I, uh, it was a celebration. Celebration of life. From that point, where did they go? They get the funeral, and then I think it's uh, Michael Bond's character, Michael yeah. Bean, whatever his name Ringo. is. Ringo. Ringo, yes. Yeah, at this point, uh, that, those were a lot of his good buds, so he gets totally wasted. Like, absolutely just ridiculously hammered. And he wanders into the street and starts threatening everybody. Yes, with his greasy... 90s era. Yeah. It looks amazing, though. And he's like, hey, you don't want to play with blood? You don't want to deal with blood? And that's when uh, Val Kilmer, by all means, has the greatest line in cinema history. Chandler? Which line are we talking about? That's exactly what he said. Okay. (laughs) That's exactly how it went. Just like that. Oh, uh, I'm your Huckleberry. Well, (laughs) since shivers down my spine, now I have the tuberculosis, too. (laughs) I may start coughing any moment. I might have said it a little bit more lustfully than he did. (laughs) That was very lustful. I uh, I started to swoon there. As as you said to me, I got the vapors. (laughs) Starting to get those Val Kilmer sweats. (laughs) Tom Mix wept. (laughs) Now, during the later scene, there's... There's actually, actually, it was before, uh, whenever the sheriff gets caught, they call for a lynching. Mm-hmm. I forgot to bring this up, and I really wanted to talk about this, because it's one of those things that a lot of people may not have caught that I just loved. Mainly because of the sound effect it makes. Uh, they're calling for a lynching, there's a fella holding a shotgun up. It's a very long, double-barrel shotgun. It looks very heavy, sounds oh, very I see heavy. What you're going this. Wyatt comes charging in to disrupt the situation, and he swats the shotgun away. Now, this extra, who is holding the shotgun... 
I don't know if the weight of the shotgun really gets a hold of him or if he's trying to get away from the horse, but this shotgun carries over into another extra space. It's quite audible. It yeah. is very audible. And, and there if, is if even, I wasn't taking a bite out of a chicken wing or whatever, yeah. I would have noticed it too. We had to roll it back because we were so curious, and some dude gets wailed in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> There's even a noticeable motion of concern before the man slips out of frame from the man toting the shotgun who strikes the other man. The hand comes up as the gesture of, oh shit, are you okay? <laughs> but then they slip out of frame. No, it's fine. Just keep rolling. It's fine. <laughs> then we have, after that bit, Ringo is out there and he's he's causing a, a big old commotion. They go inside and it's raining. Now, during this big mm-hmm. rainstorm... No, no, no. I'm skipping ahead. I, I made a mistake. There is a scene where a random unknown assailant shows up to get revenge on the women. Oh, yeah, that's true. Now, he doesn't aim this... This guy just charges in aims a double barrel shotgun way too high. <laughs> like, just bursts in, aims mm. indiscriminately, and hits nothing of value. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know about a value. I, he gets that one painting in the back. We can't put a monetary value on it. I mean, it is from the profile, but I'm sure anything back well, then... Well, they didn't I, have any antiques roadshow back then. Back then, it was just roadshow. I am not Ooh. an art assessor. <laughs> So, I'm going to call it nothing of value at this Sir, point. Sir, there may have been tasteful titties on this piece of canvas. Within three seconds, these women are just sitting back down like, oh, oh no, know. not again. Yeah. yeah, like every Tuesday. To be honest, that town had been shot up so many times. They just kind of gather around and just like, whew, that could have been a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, back in the day, it was either shoot or get shooted. So. Yeah. After that, uh, a couple of the cowboys, the Red Sash gang, throw their sashes down, which include uh, Michael Roker's character. Yes. And they say, we had nothing to do with them shooting up them lady folk. Which is kind of funny because they in no way infer that they did. Nope. Because <laughs> like, Wyatt had no clue. Abs- nobody did. <laughs> just out in the town. Hell, Whatever. to be honest, even as an audience, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I always assumed it was Ringo. Because well, we'll, we'll cover that in a little bit. But yeah. nobody really knows who took the shots. Uh, after that... Um, well, actually, Virgil, outside in the rain. Yeah, actually, Virgil had won out for like a little bit of walk during the storm. Oh, that's he, right. He felt a little I'm bit of unease, so he just took a little walk. But he wound up coming back with a gunshot. Yes, and Virgil seems to be in enough of a state that he's okay. He's all right. He's very, he's fucking Sam Elliott, man. That mustache probably took two thirds of the buckshot or whatever it is. <laughs> Wyatt goes out to kind of have one of those little moments where he's like, Wyatt. He does this several times in the film, by the way. Mm-hmm just staggers out onto his own to a lament life. So he goes out to lament, and Bill Paxton's character, ah, Morgan, mm-hmm. this man Morgan ruins a pool table. <laughs> I mean, he th- tries his best, but damn, he scratched. Yeah, he leans over to take a shot on the pool table, times it to match the thunder perfectly, kaboom, as soon as you hear the crack of thunder, Bill Paxton is shot. Absolutely. He has a drawn-out scene. <laughs> Just like that woman who fell down in the, like, exactly. the, the great the smashing thing. And he slides down the pool table, collapses to the floor. Uh, cut scene, comes back in. Here's Wyatt uh, and the ladies pulling in all sorts of random nonsense. There's a doctor who cannot fish the wound out of his back. He's digging in there with them tweezers, and blood is oozing out. Just because he can't get the bullet, 
I guess that's all he wrote. I'm not really sure why that mattered, because I, he was done anyway. Yeah, that hole is probably the size of, you probably shove three fingers, you know, it's a three-finger width. Yeah, it wasn't a through-and-through, through, was it? Just in no, it was just in him. Yeah. The man's done. Wyatt is reasonably upset. And also covered in his brother's blood. Yes. And Bill Paxton puts on a hell of a show with his death scene. Absolutely. He does a great job putting on that death scene. Whenever his head finally goes limp with the, it was it was believable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I feel for the guy. I mean, he's like his little brother, and he's trying to be tough, but you know, he's just a little brother. Then he winds up getting blown away, not having a chance to like come into his own form. Yeah. Then we got him staggering out in the rain. Staggering out, uh, well, yeah, Kurt Russell staggers out to the rain, distraught, covered in his own blood, almost like he spilled a, like a meatball sandwich all over himself. Yes. Just wandering around into the rain, looking for a wet wipe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody get this sauce off of me. And some poor lady, I think it was the his mistress, where was like, hey man, you need some help? He's like, get away from me! That, that is the most undeveloped relationship I've ever seen in a movie. He's suddenly just like, oh, hey, there's a chick. I'm into her. Yeah. We rode out and sat down and had a picnic for a minute. And then it's love? Well, well she's back pretty, day, though. She was pretty, and back in the day, a picnic pretty much meant they were hitched. So I mean, that was like next week and chill, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's picnic. at least second base. <laughs> I mean, with all the stuff that they wore back then, if you weren't going all the way, you weren't going. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, these people lived to the ripe age of 33. So everyone here is definitely like Bruh. 27. So they're yeah. just like, let's do this. No, I understand that. Uh, so we, we have the amazing death scene of Bill Paxton. Then we have our boy Ringo and his boss. It's almost like um, one was the boss and one was definitely the, like the right hand. Oh, yeah. Like 100%. That's, that's like his. A, like a bodyguard yes. mob boss kind of thing. Like one guy maybe calls the shots. And everybody but one guy actually the right does hand. the shooting. Yeah, yeah. that's him. <laughs> So, uh, they're leaving town, and Wyatt stops the wagon to say, hey, we lose. You win. We're done. Mm -hmm. Michael Bond, Ringo, hits him with this low-down, dirty line, and it's cringeworthy. Like, when he hits him with that, you just want him to skin those smoke wagons (laughs) and go to work. Like, I... Like you saw me, I was just jumping around because I hate it. I hate it in my soul. Yeah, I've seen this movie so many times. I just wanted to just be like, do it, just do it, just oh, blow Shia away. LaBeouf him, just yeah. do it, just like swift those six shooters out, just like. But they they take it with a grain of salt, and they try to get the hell out of uh, Tombstone. <laughs> uh, so they go to the train station where once again, uh, Clint. I think you said his name is Curly yeah. Bill. I'm just calling Curly Bill. Fuck it. Uh, is waiting on him yeah. and he wants to gun him down well Wyatt once again chooses not to shoot Curly Bill but shoot this other fella but he does do this badass scene where he's like got his uh, boot yeah. next to Curly Bill's face and he's sliding it kind of provocatively yeah. along he's, his face and it, it was more implied but he's like kiss it yeah <laughs> and then with a quick flick of the heel with a quick kerchoo yeah of the heel he cuts his face with the spur. Now, mind you, he's cutting his face, but he's spitting out blood. I get it. Whatever. You know. It's it's a cool scene. Then that's when it begins. That's when the really, the action portion of this takes off. I know a lot of people are going to get butt hurt that we haven't talked about. You know, oh, let me 
flip my guns around like RoboCop and you know <laughs> no little you know, cup scene. Yeah, you, you just want to stand there and bleed. All these different scenes. There, there's amazing quotes. If we try to cover it all, it would take us all night. So we're just wanting to give you the meat and bones, the rundown of this movie, and get you interested in going and checking it out for your damn selves. <laughs> Why get all mad at the audience? <laughs> I'm, they're gonna do it. You don't even have one yet. Here's do it. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. If you don't, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, but this is where it comes into the meat portion. The, you, all action. Absolutely. Like at this point, he's 100% revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where he gets um, not knighted, but um, <laughs> knighted. Yeah, deputized. Deputized as a U.S. marshal. I don't know. <laughs> like well, you get deputized to be a deputy or a sheriff. What do you get to be like a U.S. marshal? Just like, oh, Eric. <laughs> Get the old, like, U.S. sword. Yeah. <laughs> Just got an American flag on the blade. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, he, he gets deputized, and then they start riding out with some of the former members of the uh, Red Sash Gang. Yeah, those ones, including Michael Rickard, who had rescinded the entire cowboy thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they decided to ride with them in battle and just murder as many people as they can. At this point, this movie has a body count. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. It's preposterous. And also, for those people out there who love to nitpick a movie, the one thing that I can say is there are many, many times where you will see a man with a six-shooter fire for an ungodly amount of time (laughs) without ever having to reload. It's the thought that counts, really. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even in the scene with Wyatt coming up, Mm -hmm. no... And he's just, they're like, why I reload? And he's like, no, <laughs> just shooting. Well, just like early when What's-His-Name was all fucking tripped out on uh, oh, yeah, the, opium or whatever. Yes. He's in the middle of the street with both the sh- six shooters shooting. And then there's a whole scene in the bar. You can clearly he's hear still him still out shooting. There. And it comes back to him. Still, still shooting. Bang, 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 bang. And he still has enough ammo to blow away the sheriff. Yeah, it's just a little <sighs> movie magic. Movie magic. It reminds me of Young Guns. When Emilio Estevez shoots down at the floor, yeah, he spins in a circle. It's like 50 shots from two six-shooters. It's amazing. But we have them. They go out, and it's just murder time. And there's several scenes of just murder. <laughs> and What more do you need? Uh, it's well done. There's even a scene where I think a fella takes a rifle from the barrel end and hits the fella riding horseback oh, in yeah. the face with the butt of it. Breaks his face really so hard. Plays like, it up with the, the Triple H water spray. <laughs> Just goes everywhere. Uh, then, suddenly cut to ambush. Where they're at the creek. Oh, yeah. And I've already referenced the no. Now, if you guys just need to look something up on YouTube to see what Tombstone's all about, look up the Tombstone Creek scene. Tombstone no. Yeah. <laughs> the, no. the Tombstone no. And apparently this this entire scene was inspired by... An actual, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, witness account? Yeah, an eyewitness account. So technically, this could have happened. Probably not in the fashion that it did. He's not invincible. I mean, there's a guy five feet away just unloading every shell that they had. And he just goes into an oblivion somewhere. Kurt Russell is pinned down. Val Kilmer, pinned down. Val Kilmer, tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting there like, <coughs> why? You need to do something while I'm going to choke. <laughs> and so they, they, they're stuck. They can't get out of it. Wyatt stands up. He doesn't want to die. And if he does die, he wants to get the one dude he's there for. And he just says, no. no. 
and he starts marching out to meet these guys head on, just going, no. Seven dudes cannot hit him. He draws his guns, and each round from each gun strikes a man and kills him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, his um, accuracy goes from like zero to a hundred quickly. It's Instant. Every shot is a kill, either headshot or just play it straight up, just like center Instant. body mess. It was Han Solo versus the stormtroopers <laughs> all day. All oh day. yeah, absolutely. And these are the guys who they could shoot moments before, but just because Wyatt said no, <laughs> his no was so strong. I mean, this this was what uh, they, I think they played up eighteen seventy nine. And by God, no means no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nowadays, no is like, well, I could probably convince you otherwise. Yeah, like but the, back then, no was law. The, yeah. <laughs> but he ends up shooting everyone while taking amazing amounts of bullets that don't touch him. And he kills the main dude that he's there to kill. While once again, everyone else flees. And... Uh, Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer's character, has an amazing line afterwards when they're looking for Wyatt. Yeah. He goes, you guys seen Wyatt? He goes, nah, check down by the creek bed, <laughs> walking on water. Uh, yeah. And you're like, all right, He was you almost go. pissed at him that that yeah. happened. Because, I mean, you got Val Kilmer, and he's like the fucking gunslinger, you know, six gun in this. He himself seems invincible in the light of his ailment. Yeah, come on! You know, he's doing his thing. And then all of a sudden he gets upstaged by this man who just walks out into a hell of bullets like, fuck it. Then we get more of the riding and killing, and Val Kilmer, his tuberculosis, strikes him low. And he has to take a rest day. It's very true. At a local stable with some unnamed PCs. <laughs> you know, just, who are you? Oh, I'm player character or NPCs. I'm oh, sorry. yes, NPCs. I used to be a knighted like you. Yeah, I used to be a deputy marshal until I took a shotgun to the knee. <laughs> He's just missing a leg. <laughs> it's just fucking gone. Yeah. So they, they lay him low. He's like, uh, I gotta, I gotta hang out for a little bit. Yeah, it, it's almost, it's, a, it plays with your emotions a little bit because you feel like that's the end of it. Yep. Even, even Kurt Russell thinks it yep. is. He even leads his little deputized marshal badge with him, yep. like, "Hey, go, pal. This is what you mean to me." Yeah, here's he, your little knickknack. But it turns out is he's a little bit more clever than we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Kurt Russell goes around, um, he's actually going towards uh, Ringo right now. Correct. So I guess he was called foot. out. Yes, I guess on foot. We'll get to that later. But during this entire thing. Uh, Doc Holliday takes the badge. Somehow. Yeah, somehow gets there before Kurt Russell, who did get there on foot. <laughs> <laughs> He's just running like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, the thing. Whatever of glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not Blades of Glory, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> chariots of Fire. Yeah, Chariots of Fire. There was some kind of burning shit in there somewhere. <laughs> you know. Uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> uh but yeah, he somehow gets there before him. Yeah, he, he almost takes the revenge for Wyatt. Because they're such best friends. Yes. Hell, I've got lots of friends. But he doesn't. That, that's, a, that's a great line. Yeah. And they even like to reference that, that Doc Holliday goes out there. And he goes, number one, because Wyatt's his boy. Not only that, but it is they do mention that Wyatt Ringo is yeah. like, I guess, a strong entity. Yes. And White Herb cannot beat him. Correct. But, uh, but Ringo and Doc Holliday are on the same plane of existence. Yes. They're almost like um, uh, the yin and yang. Yeah, they're both like evils on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. 
you know, Doc Holliday's not a good guy, but he's not the worst. Yeah. The devil that you know. Absolutely. Kind of deal. So, boom! There's Ringo. And boom! There's Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Doc Holliday. And they show down for the uh, anticipated showdown. Uh, they, they, they amp it up throughout the movie really well. Absolutely. The animosity building between these two. And then it finally comes to a head. And I don't want to say it's anticlimactic, but the scene is kind of confusing because it, it does that thing where it shows both the faces, it shows their eyes, it shows their hands twitching at their guns, mm-hmm. and then it shows like gun twitchy. And you can't tell whose hand's doing what. Yeah. And then suddenly someone's shot. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then Michael Bean just has a hole in his head going, Come on! He fell some He turned into Tim Allen. More power. But this man is staggering towards him with a hole in his head. Oh, yeah. And Doc Holliday projects his hands almost like, you know, the body, you know, the double fist. Like the fisticuffs. Yes, fisticuffs. Yeah. He's got his little hands up, but they're open, and his fingers are wiggling. <laughs> and he's going, come on! He's got the phalanges yeah. going. Just wiggle phalanges, come on! It's like Just... Honey James Dio. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And so he's got these little wiggly fingers until... Uh, Ringo staggers around and falls down to his death. He, he, yeah, he finally dies. And he <laughs> says, you're no Daisy. <sighs> I mean... That's a good line. I like it. I, I prefer if he would have spit on the man. Whatever. <laughs> just, I just wanted him to be disrespectful. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> then Wyatt shows up. There's some bromance there. Mm-hmm. And cut to... Uh, what is it, the hospital? Yeah, it's a sanitarium. Sanitarium. And there's... Uh, we unfortunately see the demise of uh, Doc Holliday. His tuberculosis has gone way too far. At this point, he he looked like a dead man through most of the movie. Oh, definitely. But he looked like the sheets he were, he was covered in. Yeah. So... Uh, he, he was... <laughs> sweat levels all-time high right here. If we had a meter yeah. for sweat level... If we had, like, a moist meter, he'd be overflowing right now. It'd be like mermaid. <laughs> Just fucking wet. So, we get that... And then we get the demise. It's a beautiful scene. Yeah. Uh, to even try to really bring up the friendship of these two and try to recreate it through through mm-hmm. words would be... Well, well the thing, it's kind of easy. Both of those men are animals. No, definitely. But one is more, I want to say, earthly than the other. Uh, Doc Holliday is almost like a caricature. Like, yes. he knows he's dying. He'll kill at the drop of a hat. He has no remorse. Whereas... Uh, uh, Kurt Russell and White Herb. He's he's more human. He's more tangible. Like yeah. he's more. He'll kill you, but in the name if. of the law. Yeah. yeah. And he was only pushed to the edge just because of what happened to uh, Morgan earlier in the movie. Correct. So he he's certainly human. Like him breaking at that point was all just humanity. Uh, then you get the scene where uh, this I had to have Eric explain this to me because I lost it a little bit, and I don't mean lost it as in I cried. I mean, I lost it as I didn't get the reference, and he explained it to me. I've watched this movie many a times, never put it together. Doc Holliday is not wearing boots. They make sure to show that his bare feet are out in just about every scene mm-hmm. while he's at the sanitarium. Yeah. There they are, little bare feet, boop, sticking up. He, he, well, at, like, through his life, he knew he wasn't the greatest person. He knew that, like, live by the sword, die by the sword. He always assumed that he would be shot or basically die with his boots on. You know, just like high noon, just get shot down in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Instead, he... 
I don't know if it was car or anything, but he did pass away in a hospital to, due to his tuberculosis illness. So he, it's almost like, um, as his a, boots off. yeah, it's almost like as a demon, he had to like real life was his hell, yes. and he didn't get to opt out by getting killed. Like he had to suffer. Yeah. And so there he is with his little boots off, and he passes away. Uh, he gives some beautifully encouraging words to Wyatt to run out there, chase his dreams, go live life for the both of them kind of mm. thing. He runs out, he finds his actress lady who, like I said, the the love there is just awkward. And you, I'm in love because love. Well, I mean, the new one's not a junkie, so by all means. Hey, upgrade. Balls with to the wall. two Ds for a double dose of his pen. <laughs> uh, you get that. He enjoys it. He seems very happy. And then the movie cuts to they're playing in the snow and whatnot. Yeah. And Sam Elliott is doing a, uh, a voiceover. Yeah. Almost like a narration where he explains the real. Yeah. He, yeah, he explains like the historical endings of each character, how, they, uh, how their lives ended up. It is a little juxtaposed because after, after Doc Holliday unfortunately passes away, there is a time jump. Like, this is yeah. actually years later that he catches up with this woman. And then juxtaposed again uh, with uh, everything else being explained because the movie's kind of already over. Like, there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, here, let me wrap this up real quick. Yeah, absolutely. If I had a complaint, that was definitely disjointed. Yeah. But the rest of this movie is so powerful and so entertaining. This is a movie that you have to watch multiple times. It's entertaining every time. These men are fantastic. It's... I don't know what it is, but it makes me want to like jump up with my six shooters. So, they're talking about how he passed away, and some of uh, film's greatest original Western stars mm-hmm. were present at the funeral. Yes, and the film literally closes on the line: "Tom Mix wept," and I- I'm sure that would mean mean something to somebody who's yeah. probably twice our age. But I have no fucking clue who that is. <laughs> well, I, I'm taking it as Tom Mix was a hard ass. Yeah. And this man he, cried. He's like the John Wayne of the day. Yeah. And he cried. <laughs> but at the same time, to close a movie on the line, Tom Mix wept. <laughs> what the fuck? It, it, it's definitely lost a little bit of impact because, well, years have gone by. Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. At this point, this movie's like, what, 20, almost 30 years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the time we gain ground yeah, in our little... almost that old. Wow. Jesus. Wow, look at my nose. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, that's that's all we got for Tombstone. But we do have a review on Goodwood brand bourbon barrel stout. Brought to yeah. us by our good friend Chandler, who drove all the way to... Where'd you get this? Uh, I got this at Drug Emporium on Patrick oh, Street. Good, good. He drove all the way to I Drug Emporium. More than that. It doesn't oh, matter. Oh no! It doesn't matter. Uh, we're fucking. What's what's the word? Sophisticants. That's what we are, sir. We we get our beer local. So that'll be Goodwood Bourbon Barrel beer. And I'm going to take my first taste of this. Uh, Eric, I think, has been drinking his yeah, throughout I, the evening. Yeah, I had mine through the movie. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. It's a little sweet beer. Mmm. Um, good wood. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a beer guy, man. This shit's hard for me. <laughs> he like, tried. I'm trying. Uh, I am a beer guy. I, uh, I think this is pretty good. It's a bourbon barrel aged stout, uh, aged in the... The Kentucky bourbon barrels. This, like I mentioned earlier, is from Louisville, Kentucky. So, um, 
quite appropriate for the location. It's got, uh, of course, it's good wood. You can really taste uh, a lot of the oak notes and a lot of the vanilla that you get from uh, the bourbon barrel aging. <laughs> it's touched by wood. <laughs> That's on the label. That is one of the taglines. It is touched by wood. Among other things. Touched by wood, brewed by good. That's I was I deputized in broad daylight. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, we've uh, molded over this movie pretty pretty well. So any closing thoughts? I know, uh, as we stated before, this is the first time you've watched this movie. Anything you want to add right at the end? <laughs> just panic face. No one at home can see this, but panic face. <laughs> just put on the spot. No, I... Uh... <laughs> I did enjoy it. Uh, I really enjoyed, like I said, every single scene that Val Kilmer was in. He mm. just took over. Steals the show. He really does. The, I mean, this is my favorite role of his. Oh, absolutely. Like, his entire career. Not The Saint? Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I do like that movie. Like, a lot of people shit on it. I do like it. It's, it's like, not good entertaining, but I'm just like, okay, I'm fine with this. You know, <laughs> I've just seen a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, if I had anything to say about this, I, I just recommend people to watch it. Yeah, that, that was the whole reason why, as soon as you brought it up, I was just like, "Yes, yeah, more people need to see this movie. It deserved to be watched and rewatched. It's so good. It really is. It's it's a lot of fun from start to finish. There's not many lulls. Now it has a two hour nine minute runtime. Yeah, I didn't even feel it by the time I asked how long it is because we were just trying to figure out any timing so we could record this. The movie was already like three-quarter done. Yes. I was just like, ah, whatever. And that's the thing. By the time you even notice, maybe it's got a lull, boom, it goes into action chunk. And then you yeah. you forget all about the time again because it's just 30 minutes uh, of gun smoke. That could, <laughs> that could go into really good screenplay writing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who directed this movie, but I do know that Kurt Russell had a huge hand in this because the director was either a little wet behind the ears or he didn't quite know how to put this together. Mm-hmm. But this is a Kurt Russell movie in disguise. It most certainly is. Well, he knocked it out of the damn park. I agree. So that was episode one with Tombstone from 1993. A fantastic picture. Um, a wonderful recommendation. Thanks to Brady for bringing that up. For Ba-chow! You guys enjoyed it, I'm sure? Absolutely, I did. I really uh, like that you guys... Uh... I, w- I would give it the good wood. We'll give it the good wood. <laughs> On that note, uh, thanks to everybody who stuck with us and uh, got to this point. If you like this uh, podcast, be sure to subscribe so we know you'd like some more. Um, we have our Twitter at Beards Brewscast, so if you have a recommendation or would like to give us a shout-out, be sure to follow us on there. Uh, smash that like button or whatever you do on those things, and uh, you guys, have a good night. Bye-bye!